Well, I'd like to, to add my thanks to Donna's words just a moment ago for the a great weekend you presented Pastor Don and I with last weekend was a blessing to us and an encouragement to us. There's one thing I would have said, but in the interest of time, I didn't say it. And that is, I want to take us back just for a moment to the 20, 2002 when we uh, came to Saskatoon. God led us, I think, in a very unique way. The only person on staff at that point was Nancy MD, who was our church administrator and the person coordinating and looking after all of our finances. Uh, we hired Robert Johnston and Jason Shepard, who worked very, very well for us. Our oldest son, Evan, uh, move from Calgary with his lovely wife Danielle to help us with worship ministry and then we hired three young guys Mark Morin, Graham MD and Jason Lutz and they looked after our facilities but I said on top of that you have to attend every one of our staff meetings and speak into the life of our church and so for the first 18 months we were here we had this young, rather, for a guy my age at that point even, some radical out-of-the-box thinking going on that I really think helped us as a church. So I want to salute uh, that team from 2002, that young team. Uh, they affected the, the direction of our church a great deal. And I just want to publicly say thank you would have said it last week um but feel it's really worth emphasizing so bless you you guys made a difference so we're back in our series small book big ideas first john chapter 5 verses 1 to 5 let me read it to you today uh obviously from uh our family room i'm a basement dweller for a few days here but first john chapter 5 verses 1 to 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever's been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Some wonderful truths here. I'm really looking forward to unpacking them, but let's invite the Holy Spirit to help us to understand uh, what the Holy Spirit would want us to get today. So. Father, we just come before you now in the beautiful, wonderful name of our Savior. And I ask, Father, that wherever people are listening from now, that your Holy Spirit would be very present with them and that he would be the teacher of these awesome truths to us today in Jesus' name. When I looked at this portion, something and studied it and read it over and over again, something stuck out to me. And it's at the beginning of this portion, and we run into it again in verse number four. Uh, whoever has been born of him, verse number one. And verse number four, 
everyone who has been born of God. There's this phrase here, born of God, born of him. It's not a new phrase. Maybe we haven't picked up on it as much as we should have in uh, 1 John, but it's not a new phrase uh, in John's writing. 1 John chapter 2, verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Chapter 3. And uh, verse number nine, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning because he has been born of God. Chapter four and verse number seven, let us love one another for love is from God and no, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Chapter five and verse 18, we know that everyone who has been born of God. So this is a this is a really important phrase to the aged Apostle John as he's writing this love epistle, this teaching to the church, uh, born of God. Now, of course, John was very familiar with because he wrote it in the Gospel of John, the story of Nicodemus. Nicodemus uh, came up to uh, Jesus, or Jesus came up to Nicodemus, uh, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, I recognize you as a teacher. Um, and Jesus said, uh, and then he wanted to know how he did all these miraculous signs. And Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says, what, 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 what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? born again? Am I supposed to hop into my mom's womb again and, and get born again? What are you talking about? And, and Jesus says, uh, you're born of the water, but you also need to be born of the spirit. There's two births here. Born again, born once of the water, your mom's water breaks and you enter this world. A few hours later, a day later, a couple of days, you're born of the water and then you need to also be born of the spirit are that wasn't necessary that wasn't part of god's original plan for us but sin entered in the garden of eden and our nature changed we had a a sin nature all of a sudden so it became necessary for us to be born twice we're born in the realm of the natural but the spiritual part of us the spirit part of us had been killed so it needs to be brought back to life the second birth becomes necessary. John chapter 3 and verse 3, I'll read it to you. Unless one is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse number 6. Well, let me read verses 5 and 6. Jesus answered, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. So there's this necessity for two births. Religious passion isn't enough. Nicodemus had that. You can be a devout spiritual person who goes to the temple or the church all of your life. That's not enough. You can tithe. You can be very moral and upright in the eyes of the world but that's not enough. You must be born again. 
It's being born again, this second birth, being born of him that makes you a Christian. Born of God, born of him. I was sitting on the ledge of our fireplace in our home in southeast Calgary, the home I grew up in. I was... Uh, too young to go to youth meetings, but dad and mom were the pastors and they were the leaders of the youth group. So on Friday night, I went to youth meeting, but I was told I had to sit still and be quiet. So as an eight-year-old, I'm sitting still and I'm be quiet, being quiet, sitting on the ledge of the fireplace. And Holy Spirit begins to say to me, you need to be saved. I heard the voice it was inside of me but I knew this was God's speak. you need to be saved I tried to ignore it you need to be saved you need to be saved you need to be saved and after hearing it about five or six times I couldn't stand it anymore I stood up I ran out of the youth meeting ran down the hallway uh, knelt beside my bed and began to holler out loud tears loud crying and my mom left the meeting and said, uh, what's wrong, John? And I said, I need to be saved. I need to be saved. And my mom led me to the Lord that day. I recognize as I have gotten older that that had nothing to do with me. I was born of him. I was born. God did it. God initiated it. God initiated the process. And that day I was born of him. You must be born of him, born again, born a second time. When a baby enters this world, what happens right after he or she enters the world is the medical team performs what's called the APGAR test. The APGAR test, app like the app store, APGAR, APGAR test. And within a minute of the baby entering the world, they do the APGAR test. They test the baby's heart rate, they test the baby's muscle tone, and they just do a quick overview of how little little guy, little gal looks, and just to make sure that the baby's healthy. And then they do it again in five minutes. It's called the APGAR test. Uh, it happens around the world uh, to make sure a baby is healthy when it enters the world. I thought of that, and I thought verses 1 to 5 here, 1 John chapter 5, really gives us the APGAR test of, of the spiritual rebirth. How do we know the spiritual rebirth we've had is, is a healthy one? And I think there are four tests here that I'm going to leave with you. The spiritual APGAR, everybody say APGAR, the spiritual APGAR tests for the second birth that show you've really been born of him. And the first one is you have a deep abiding trust in the fact that Jesus is the Christ. And there I'm basically taking uh, verse number one out of the Amplified Version. You have a deep abiding trust that Jesus is the Christ. If you mark your Bibles up, I would suggest you underline the word the. 
Jesus is the Christ. There's a new way of thinking in the last half a century or so. Sometimes it's called the New Age Movement. And it says things like, yeah, Jesus is wonderful. Jesus had uh, the Christ spirit. Uh, but they also say Confucius had the Christ spirit and Buddha has the Christ spirit and Muhammad has the Christ spirit. Um, but those who are born of God don't say Jesus. Yeah, Jesus had the Christ spirit. Jesus had something special. No, they say Jesus is the Christ. He is the Christ. He's the uh, anointed Savior that God promised in the 4,000 years of creation leading up to Christ's birth. He is the Christ. He is the promised anointed Savior. And so the spiritual apgar test number one, if, if whether you've had a real spiritual birth, whether you've really been born of him, if you've really been born of him, you understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He is the Christ. And you have a deep abiding faith and confidence in him and what he has done for you in your life. And there's no other options in terms of what you're going to pursue and chase in your, in your relationship with God. He is the one. He is the Christ. So that's spiritual Apgar test number one. The second one is we love God and we love his children. Verse number one, chapter five, everyone who loves the father loves whoever's been born of him. So you love the father and you love whoever else has been born of him. Whoever else is his kids. So this is a continuation of the argument that uh, John is making in verse number 20 of first John chapter four. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. He does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love of God who he has not seen. When you have a true spiritual rebirth, when you've had a healthy spiritual birth, when you're born of him, you love God and you love his children. Um, the word love here, every time it's used in verses 1 to 5, is the Greek word agape or one of its derivatives. It's not any of the other Greek words for love. It's this uh, continual, never give up on, always stick with you, you can count on me kind of love, the kind of love that uh, God has for us. Now, last Sunday, our district superintendent, did not express any appreciation for my hockey team. He says, I don't have a good hockey team. Well, the truth of the matter is, I've been pulling for the Chicago Blackhawks for a long, long, long time, five decades plus. And it hasn't always been hard, and they haven't always been winners, and sometimes it was hard to be a Blackhawk fan. But I stuck with it. And uh, sometimes I think 
as Christians, we show more loyalty to our sports teams than we do to each other. If you've really been born of God, you not only love God, <laughs> we love his kids. I've had enough fathers and mothers and couples sit across from my desk over the last 45 years of ministry to know that one of the things that hurts a dad hurts a mom the most is when the kids aren't getting along. Adult kids who are fighting and disagreeing and don't want to see each other. And friends, we grieve the heart of the father. We grieve the heart of the father when we're squabbling siblings. If you've really been born of him, God not only places in your heart a love for him, God places in your heart a love for your brothers. And God places in your heart a love for your sisters. Spiritual Apgar test too is you love the father and you love his kids too. Let's move on to the third spiritual Apgar test in this portion is we don't feel like God's commandments are burdensome. We don't feel that God's commandments are burdensome. The end of verse number three, his commandments are burdensome. Oh God, I'm happy to be born of you, but I sure hate the things you've commanded me, asked me, told me to do. God, I, I want to serve you, but I don't want to, I don't want to live, live a pure life. I, I don't uh, want to line things up in my life according with your word. I don't want to have to be kind to people. I don't want to live like that. His commandments, if you've been truly born of him, are not a burden to you. Well, what are the commandments if they're not a burden? Psalm 119, verse number 35 Lead me in the paths of your commandments, for I delight in it. The commandments aren't burdensome to us. We delight in them. Psalm 119 and verse number 92. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished. When you've really been born again, this book, these words are something you really, really, really delight in. In delight in his word. So spiritual Apgar test number three is we delight in God's word. Westminster Shorter Catechism, we've talked about it a couple of times, uh, maybe a couple hundred times at the neighborhood. What is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. When you've been born of him, the delight of your life, the delight of our lives is our relationship with him. We don't find what he asks us to do burdensome. We delight in him. And then, fourthly, spiritual apgard test number four, we overcome the world. We overcome the world. Verses four and five. Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. 
Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Spiritual Apgar test number four is we overcome the world. First John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. And again, this is not, not a new truth in the writing of John. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So we get a really clear description there of what is the world of the world and what is of the kingdom of God. Things that are of the world are passing away. They're temporary. Things that are of God are eternal. How do you know you've overcome the world? The temporary things begin to matter less and less and less and less and less and less to you. And the eternal things, the things that abide, the things that last, the things you can carry with you into eternity are the things that drive your life, drive your passions, and drive your decisions. Spiritual Apgar test number four is we overcome the world. We overcome this passion for, for temporary things. So... There's a fable, a fable of a king and his two sons. And the two sons came to see dad one day, and they asked dad a question. Is a man born or made? Is a man born or made? And dad, the king, turned it back on them and said, what do you think? And one son said, a man is made. And the other said, no, no, a man is born. Father said, well, uh, come see me in a week or so. Find an example to prove your point, and we'll discuss it in the king's court. So the boys went out to prove their point of whether a man was born or a man was made. And the son who believed that a man was made ran into a cat, a cat in a cafe. And the cat in the cafe was serving the tables. The cat was taking the orders. The cat was delivering the orders to the cooks. The, the cat was taking the orders and delivering them back to the table. The cat even had a pretty little waitress uniform. It was an amazing cat. You say, this is ridiculous. Well, first of all, it's a fable. But secondly, my sister has a cat who knows how to skateboard. You can teach cats things. Is a cat made or born? Is a man made or born? Well, this cat was made to be a waitress. And the son who believed that man wasn't uh, made, man was born, heard of what his brother had discovered and felt like, man, I'm, I'm up this creek without a paddle. I don't have a chance of winning this one. And then he got a bright idea. Came to the king's court and the brother who believed that man was made, arranged for the cat to come and and to serve some people in the court. And the cat took the orders in a pretty uh, waitress outfit and delivered the orders to the cooks. The cooks prepared the food and the cat delivered the food to the table. It was really quite impressive. 
And then the second son came in to refute the argument that man was made and not born with a bunny sack over his shoulder. And he opened the bunny sack and, uh, and then uh, turned it upside down and set a bunch of mice loose. And the cat suddenly forgot that she was a waitress and chased the mice. When the pressure's on, when the circumstances come, our true nature comes out and unless you're born again, <laughs> you find yourself spending your life chasing mice, chasing temporary things. We all need to be born again. The spirit part of us that was destroyed by sin needs a spiritual rebirth. We all need to be born again. It's that born again experience that changes our very nature. We must be born of him. You can dress us up. You can clean us up. We can find our way to church services every single weekend. We can try to learn to live really upright moral lives, but when the rubber hits the road and the pressure is on, our true nature will come out. Whether we have been born of him or not, how do we know we've been born, born of him? Well, I think this portion gives us four uh, spiritual Apgar tests. Do you believe with all of your heart is all of your confidence in the truth that Jesus is the Christ? Do you love the Father and his kids? Everybody's been born of him. Number uh, three, do you delight in God's commandments? Do these things really matter to you? And number four, uh, do you understand how you overcome the world? It's not by you working away at it. It's this wonderful spiritual rebirth where the things of this world become increasingly dim and the, to us and the things of God matter more and more to us. Maybe you're listening in today, and thank you for listening in on this rather unique weekend in the life of the Neighborhood Church. Thank you for listening in. Maybe as you're listening, you say, you know, I don't know that I've ever really been born of him. Well, make the decision today. It's the most important decision of your life. It's not an option. You must be born of God. You must be born again. You've been born once. You've been born of the water. You wouldn't be listening. But you also need to be born of the Spirit. That part of your of us that was destroyed by sin needs to be born of God. And life turned back into it. So I invite you today to recognize that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the Son of God. Why don't you even join me in this short prayer? Uh, let's all bow our heads. Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name, and I simply ask that 
those who are listening now and have never been born of you would come before you now and say, yes, I need to be saved. I need to be saved. I need to be born of you. So they invite you into their hearts. We invite you into our lives even now. And we receive the wonderful visitation of your spirit, this birth of the spirit that uh, results in us being born into the family of God, being born of you. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. If you prayed that prayer today, but you to either get on the electronic connect card that we'll put the uh, put information out about on the screen right now about and and fill it out and we'll get a hold of you as quick as we can or even text 306-227-4712 306-227-4712 and we'll follow up with you in the next day or so and just help you on this wonderful journey in Christ thank you thank you thank you for joining us today